When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My radio career began properly at Syracuse University when I joined a radio station called Z89. And it was there I met my good friend, Steve Donovan, who is joining me on this episode of The Upside. Steve Donovan, hello. Hello. He's on a <laughs> three-week long road trip. Is that is it going to be a total of three weeks? I think I left Rhode Island in on uh, Monday the... Eighth, okay, I think, and you're not home till next Saturday, right? And I'm home next, yeah, I think the 24th, 23rd, 24th, so nearly, nearly three, three weeks, week yeah. long road, yeah. road trip. And he's he's on the Atlanta leg right now, so we, we've been hanging out talking about old stories. When, when we worked at the college radio station together, I was known as AJ Storm. And Which you, in, you in, got that name how? In retrospect, it's so ridiculous. Right. Then I left, then I moved on in my career and thought that I would leave that ridiculousness behind. And you know, when I went to Tucson, right. and this is Callie's favorite thing to laugh about, right. is uh, they named me Omelette. So, and, and the story behind that eludes me. There was a guy at a competing radio station. His name was Jerry Agar. Right. And... Uh, that he did a morning show with a guy named Bobby something. Right. And so the show was Bobby and eggs. And I made a joke in a meeting. Like you guys, there, there, there was another Jeff who worked at the station. So like right. Jeff needs an, a nickname after they hired me. Like you got to call him something besides Jeff. Cause it's just going to confuse people. Right. So we're like brainstorming nicknames and somebody said, and I said, as a joke, you guys should call me omelet because an omelet is better than eggs. The whole room loved it. And that's, that's how that nightmare began. That's, that's an example of how radio is filled with people that maybe can't think too well. <laughs> Like the notion that the listening audience can't handle the existence of two people with the same name or it will confuse them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think it will. Right. I think there's, there's more than one bill in the world. The upside means living in gratitude, finding the positive in every experience, and helping other people do the same. You are now part of the movement. Welcome to The Upside with Callie and Jeff. This episode is brought to you by Dinner Affair. The, the AJ Storm ridiculousness yeah, Where about. did that come from? There is a DJ in New York City named AJ Hammer. I remember him. And... I used to, I don't know, I think he was also on MTV or something or whatever, but I knew he was a DJ. Mm. And I mean, Jeff Dollar is a great DJ name, even a Perfect. cheesy DJ name. Yeah. And I didn't, I don't know, I didn't like it. And I was like, AJ is cool, but I can't be Hammer because he's AJ Hammer. That's true. So what other 
noun conveys power and stuff. Right. And I settled on Storm. So it was AJ. Well, it's better than AJ Lufa. I was AJ Storm uh, for the whole time at Z89. And when I was on the air at WJPZ Z89, I, I was Abe Froman, the Sausage King of Chicago, even though I've never been, I'm not from Chicago. I, at that point, I'd never been there, but I love Ferris Bueller's Day Off and thought, that's funny. I don't think I ever questioned that, but that's a great point. You have no connection. Zero. Whatever to Chicago. None. Zero. Yeah. Had you even spent any time there? Never. The point never visited. No, nothing. Nope. And people thought, oh, that, that guy's name is really, like people who hadn't seen the movie. Yeah. Thought, oh, that guy's name is Abe Roman. Right. Yep. And he obviously has ties to the and pork, he, pork industry in Chicago. He he really loves his hometown. He's the sausage king. <laughs> and cold cut royalty. Yeah. I thought uh, sausages aren't cold cuts, but um, that's what happens when you leave decision making to 17 year olds. But is that any more ridiculous than an adult man deciding that somebody needs to change their name to Carlton? No. To no. be after Vanessa Carlton. And there was somebody, somebody else. Uh, get somebody, uh, there's somebody in radio who just goes by the name of Geller. Okay. After Ross and Monica on Friends. Like oh. that was a hot show. Yeah, that's, no, that's no good. Yeah. And, and I know more than one person who was named Rachel. Because of the success of the show Friends in radio, which is which is insane. The only scenario where a pretend name is fine to me, and maybe this is not a good opinion to have, there are women who work in radio and then get- uh, Oh, yeah, creepy prison creepy, and stuff. Right. Yeah. So if you want to hide your identity so that when you leave work, you can just live a normal life and not be hounded by the creeps. But the thing that, that for me- the thing that's so ridiculous about, and just so you know, we'll get to this part in the story. Steve recently fired from radio. So, I was, yeah. So yep. after 18 years. Yeah. So there's there might be a dark cloud over this episode for the whole radio industry because we're two people who have been fired from it. No, because radio to me is the best medium in terms of it's one-on-one. -on -one. You, you don't know, you don't feel like you know the... TV anchors. The news anchor, right. You don't know whoever writes whatever magazine or newspaper article you right. read. But you feel like you form bond with radio and uh, that's that's legit. That's great. No, I love radio. Uh, but that some of the decision making, like if you want to change, if you have any sort of job that's public facing mm. and you want to use a different name to protect your privacy and your family, that's fine. What, fine. Is, what is so ridiculous to me is that people are forced to use different names in an attempt. To sound show busy. To sound show busy or to sound connected. Yeah. But then in the, sa the same person who just told you to do that will then sit in a meeting and go, here's what's great about radio. It's authentic. It's, <laughs> it's real. <laughs> the listeners are your friends. Right. So I would like you to go to your group of friends tomorrow and say, I would like you to refer to me as George Costanza. That's it going forward. Yep. And just watch how that'll fly. Cause it won't. It won't. So, so, all right. So you're not, you're, you're not, you have no animosity toward radio at all. No, because I feel like it's, um, 
whatever itch radio scratches for me, right? I can scratch other ways. Stand-up comedy, yeah, a podcast, whatever. Um, I feel bad because I think radio is going away. Yeah. Nobody younger than me, I'm 47, um, has radio as an active part of their life. Right. I feel like. And all the trends are that less and less people are listening to radio. Yeah. And so it's going to go away. But at its essence, it's fun. It's great. It it serves a purpose in the community. It It's awesome. The thing that makes me sad is that the shows all over the country that that make like a big impact on a community mm. and have a community created around them. So the Burt Show, obviously in Atlanta. Up yeah. in Detroit, there's uh, Mojo, Mojo in the morning. You know, yeah. down in Florida, there's a guy named Miguel and Holly, and they have a show. And these communities- Yeah, Boston has the Maddie, Maddie in the morning. Maddie show. in the morning. 40 and years, number one. Is he like 70 something years old now? He's up there. Yeah. Yeah. He he came over because this wasn't his first gig, but he's he's been the show of record for the city of Boston and the surrounding area since I think 1980. That is insane. Yeah. Those shows aren't like there's no generation below those shows. Like no. there, there's no top shelf radio show behind those shows. Well, because when those shows came up, yeah. Radio was your internet. Radio was your social media. Right. You couldldn't get c celebrity news as you can now on Twitter or whatever. For your TMZ app. Right. Right. So that was your portal, your morning radio, or even, even in the afternoon, your radio station was your access point to showbiz, to entertainment, to whatever was a bigger deal than your everyday life in whatever town you lived in. I remember when- And that's gone, I think. I remember when there was a, a big shift for me when I was, it was when I was still uh, on the Burt Show. Mm. And I remember in a meeting once saying, are we actually, and this would have been in the past 10 years, this would have been in my last year or two there, because mm. it was a, a, but I'm like, are we in the point where we're doing ourselves a disservice? by teasing upcoming celebrity news, like with the entertainment buzz is coming up, we would say, you're not gonna believe who Oprah's interviewing next week on blah, blah, blah. Oh, let me Google Oprah and her schedule for next Right, week. we'll tell you after these commercials. Well, guess what? Right. The minute you go to commercials, you're like Oprah plus interview. Right. And then you get your answer. The only way that works is if you have something that you can't, you wouldn't believe the fight that Callie and I had last night. Right. I'm gonna tell you. And you can't get that anywhere else. So if they have an emotional investment in you, they're gonna stick around. Yeah, listen to that. And this is a, now we're getting like inside baseball. But this the cycle that that is killing it is that all the programmers and the consultants or whatever think that music is what wins. So the people, the emotional investment that people had in shows like Maddie in the Morning, right. and Mojo, right. and Bert and Miguel and Holly, they don't have them with another generation of of radio shows because they're generic. Yeah, because yeah. they don't have time to develop those bonds. Hmm. That makes sense. It does make sense. And it's it's sad because it's fun. When it when, when it works, radio can do stuff that nobody else can do. All right. So enough about radio, kind of. So, but I, I want to paint a picture mm -hmm. for everybody who's, who's listening right. about who you are because I am going to 
try to pitch you on a couple of podcast ideas. Well, as you've established, I am without an income. So my time is my own and the future is uh, bright and I'm ready for whatever. Sure. Okay. So uh, number one morning show personality in Providence, Rhode Island for how many years? Uh, I moved there. I was on the air there starting in December of 2013. So seven years at number one. Well, no, the COVID hurt our uh, listening, uh, but, but, but for, for a sizable t- amount of that time. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, and prior to that, you were part of a morning show in Worcester, Worcester, Mass. Right. Which is the market that's right. It's, it's a bedroom community of Boston. Yeah. Why, uh, why is Worcester? So I remember I used to live in Boston and I remember yeah. isn't Worcester and Boston are very close together. They might be th- 40 minutes, 45 minutes apart. But you could hear the station you were on in Worcester. Clear as a bell. Clear as a bell in Boston. Yeah. Like your Boston family could listen to you doing your Worcester morning show. They would. Why are they two separate markets? Do you know? Because Worcester always wanted to be its own. Do its own thing. Yeah. It's the, it's the second biggest city in New England. Okay. And um, there's no network TV affiliates in Worcester as there are, for example, in Springfield, Massachusetts. But- yeah, they just so here's a perfect example of the mindset of the city of Worcester. Yeah. In the 50s, they build the federal interstate highway system. Right. I-90, Interstate 90 is going to go from Seattle to Boston and go through every big city in between. Um Cleveland, Chicago, uh and whatever is between Chicago uh-huh. and Seattle. Well, that 90 is the that's the New York State Thruway. So you right. can you can hop on that in Buffalo. Yeah. and get spit out in Albany. They come to Worcester and they said, hello, Worcester. I would like you to uh, allow us to build Interstate 90 through here. And they said, oh, no, that would be a terrible idea. They said, uh, well, it's going through all the big cities and it's going to bring a lot of jobs and, you know, yeah. business. Yeah. And they said, no, if you do that, everyone will leave. So I guess the town fathers in the 50s thought the people who live in the city of Worcester don't know the back roads out of this town. That's why they're staying here. And so (laughs) they now have a 90 goes around Worcester, the only city really between the Atlantic and the Pacific that 90 doesn't go through. You might call it a super highway making all major cities convenient. We call it an escape route Mm -hmm. and we don't want our people to have it. No, thank you. Okay. Uh, so you were in Worcester for how long? 10 years. Very successful there as well. Number one show. Yeah. And before that, before that, I've always known you as a, as a stand-up comic. Like I've come to visit you in New York. Yeah. You were doing, yeah. Like From the, 98 to 03, I was in New York telling jokes. But like doing well at it, like doing good clubs and. Oh yeah. I was past of the clubs. I mean, I still had a day job, so I was temping. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, I was, I was, uh, the comic strip and the old Gotham comedy club and. The only, the comedy cellar was the only one that I hadn't uh, performed in. Now, and somewhere between college and Worcester, I think, weren't you a teacher? Oh, I was a I was a junior high school Spanish teacher. Yeah, for a year. Yep. For Belmonte Middle School, Saugus, Massachusetts. Okay. How yeah. did that? How does that come about? I was a Spanish minor. My uncle was the guidance counselor at the time, and they needed a third Spanish teacher. Yeah. And luckily, my plans to drive to to uh, L.A. to start as a stand-up comedian in the summer of 95 uh, ended very abruptly. And so I had to, hat in hand, meekly return to Boston because uh, I had a falling out with uh, the guy I went with. And so I was waitering, and my uncle was like, 
hey, you went to Spain, right? I said, yeah, for a semester. <laughs> He's like, yeah, we need a third uh, teacher. You'll do great. And so uh, yeah, I was a chapter ahead of the kids. And it's funny. So my dad passes away five, yeah. five years ago. Yeah. So my mom is cleaning out the house. She's not particularly sentimental when it comes to objects. So she's throwing out everything. She said, Stephen, I found your briefcase that you took with you uh, when you taught. I'm just going to throw it out. Uh, unless you want to come by and look at it. I said, like, no, no, let me let me come by and look at it. Yeah. And there were uncorrected tests and quizzes from the school year of 95, <laughs> 96. Waiting. So then the question was, do I track down these students who are now in their 30s yeah. and say, hey, by the way, in October of 1995, you really did well on that uh, Columbus uh, quiz. So the, you had all these uncorrected papers and stuff. How did right. you grade the kids then? If you're not correcting the stuff. I winged it. You're like, ah, that, that kid seems pretty nice. <laughs> B plus. Well, I had left before the school year ended. So I had left in April yeah. to go down because I was I moved to New York City to do an NYU film and television acting thing that lasted for the summer. And their summer started in- Like May 1st or something. Something like that, yeah. Uh, now what I'm happened- not proud of how I handled the, the, the teaching. Oh, you're not? No. I, for some reason, I thought it was like a years-long thing. Like I thought it was- well, well, once I got that, then when I needed a temp job, I was temping for the Princeton Review for SAT prep. So I taught kids how to take the SATs for like five years. What qualified you to do that? You take the course yourself, and then you audition. The student is now the teacher. And you better believe it. So I was, uh, at that point, I could get a 1600 on the test. Because you had taken practice once 500 times with all these high, nervous high school kids. Who has enough time to deal with the hassle of uncomfortable shoes? Well, I definitely don't. And I'm guessing you don't either. And as a Rothy's owner, uncomfortable never has to be an option. The thing that makes Rothy's stand out so much is that they have a seamless design. So you can literally order them and comfortably wear them all day from the second you take them out of the box. And I can tell you that confidently as a paying Rothy's customer. The past few weeks, I've been pulling long days on my feet at work. And without even giving it a second of a thought, I picked out outfits to match my Rothy's because I knew that my Rothy's would be reliable all day. Rothy's are as cute as they are comfortable. They offer flats, loafers, and my personal favorite, the sneaker style. And they offer them in a ton of colors and patterns and also super spacious, washable bags. They are gorgeous. Rothy's recently launched men's shoes and they're intentionally designed with an artisanal level of detail and created with zero waste. They're durable, washable, and better for the planet. Step up your summer wardrobe with washable, sustainable, stylish shoes and bags from Rothy's. Head to rothys.com slash upside to find your new warm weather favorites today. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash upside. If you have to hire someone with the exact skills you need to help your business, how do you know who's really best for the role? How do you know if somebody's not exaggerating their qualifications? Save time and screen for quality candidates with the skills you need with Indeed Assessments. If hiring is getting hard, you need Indeed. That's the job site that makes hiring incredibly simple. 
You're going to attract, interview, and hire. In fact, with Indeed, you can do all of your hiring in one place, even interviewing. So don't just hope that your perfect candidate will find you. Indeed's hiring tools help you cut through the noise to hire faster and smarter. In fact, Instant Match from Indeed provides a list of quality candidates whose resumes are on Indeed the moment you post a sponsored job. With Indeed assessments, you're going to choose from over 135 skills tests to help make sure you're finding applicants from people who have the skills you need. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire the greatest talent fast. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash the upside. That's a $75 credit at indeed.com slash the upside. Indeed.com slash the upside. Offer valid through September 30th. Terms and conditions do apply. So at that point in my life, when the moving to to Worcester to start a radio thing wasn't yet on the radar screen, I was teaching with a Princeton Review and had gotten enough positive feedback that they wanted me to go and teach that summer at Oxford in England for SAT prep for kids, uh, Americans who were living abroad or whatever. So they were gonna fly me and put me up in Oxford so I could legitimately tell people, yeah, I teach at Oxford, maybe the most prestigious uh, place of higher learning ever. Hands down. Right, me. But you didn't do that. I didn't do that, no. Instead, you went to Worcester. Worcester, Massachusetts. This city that didn't want to install an escape route. True. Okay. Yeah. All right. And uh, that is a fantastic story. (laughs) What was your, uh, from your comedy career, because you were chasing it. Like you wanted. Oh, sure. Like what was your end goal with comedy? Was it SNL? Was it a sitcom? SNL. Okay. So what was your comedic highest high and lowest low and you can answer them in either order the highest high i opened for ben bailey at um the wilbur theater in boston cash cab guy cash cab guy yeah friend of mine um sold out and killed it um how many seats is in that theater 1500 oh that's great yeah i think um that was big. Um, it's funny when you said that question the way you said it. I instantly know the lowest low instantly, but the highest high isn't isn't. I don't. Isn't that weird how your brain yeah. works like that? So well, that's what we say that all the time on because I think I'm a naturally pessimistic person. Mm. I think most people are because I think it takes less energy to focus on negative things because negative things present themselves. You can label them. And it doesn't take, like, that's it. It's just there. Like, if you have your lowest low, you're like, that, that was terrible. This mm. is the worst day of my life. Yeah. But when you have, there's so many more emotions that come with the highest highs, like gratitude, joy, pride. You know, if you, yeah. if you, get, if you got a standing ovation in front of a, a theater full of people, like, there's so many emotions that come with that that it almost takes more to process them, so it's easier to dismiss. I did a play, standing ovation made me think of this. So Boston was home, it ended with COVID, to the longest running play in the history of American theater. It was called Sheer Madness, and they had editions oh, yeah. all over. 
So I got the lead. I auditioned when I left radio for a year in 07, 08. And I auditioned for it and I got the lead. And so it was a different play every night, depending on who the audience voted as who they thought the killer was. It was a whodunit. Yep. And so you tailored the, the every show was different. You tailored the show to whoever they thought did it. It was like a play version of a choose your own adventure. Book. Exactly. Was it pure improv? No. It was so it was scripted. There were there were tent poles that you you had to bring it to. Okay. Depending on who you thought was the one. But there was a chunk in the middle where you are improving whatever these people are asking. Because after the body is found, then they have a break and then we come back and then it's okay, let's ask questions to, of the audience because different cast members weren't on the stage when different action took place. Fantastic. And so they want to know more and you don't know what they're going to ask. So that chunk is pure improv and fantastic. Yeah. And so my all my family came, I have like 50 aunts and uncles and cousins. My friends would come and this, it happened, I think- four or five times, every time at the end we got a standing ovation, the director ripped us a new one backstage afterwards, pointing out this flaw and this flaw and this flaw and this line didn't go right. And we're like, what on earth play did you see? Yeah, like, where were you? And he says, yeah, applause. They're applauding the lines that were written th 30 years ago. The way you executed them was terrible. It's like, how can two things happen at the same time that, spark standing ovation from these people and from you unadulterated hate where is that guy a radio program director now because <laughs> <laughs> that's such a oh yeah he had started the role of, of one of the of one of the cast members yeah and had shepherded this to become an international sensation like yeah. it's it's Performs in D.C. and performs in- I've heard of it. I think, I think it may have come through Atlanta or- Maybe, yeah. yeah. I mean, all over the world. And so this was where it started. And so he felt a justifiable amount of protectiveness around it. Yeah. And when you have something that is so entrenched in improv, it can morph into something different than how it started. Of course. Years ago. Yeah. And so he was intent on- steering it back to that core essence that yeah. was created. So I, I get that. So what was your lowest low? I was starting out at the comic strip and the gentleman that made the comic strip, the it's where Seinfeld started and Eddie Murphy started uh, and Chris Rock started. The same guy when I auditioned was the, was the talent booker that had discovered all those dudes. His name was Lucian Hold. Okay. And he was a humongous fish in this small pond of stand-up comedy. And so when you start out, you're happy to get anything you you can. Right. And so he said, um, uh, yeah, Stephen, uh, I'm, I'm going to do a horrible impression, but you don't know him. So yeah. it's good to you. Uh, Stephen, uh, if you're free Saturday, uh, I'd love you to call the club. Uh, we have a, we have a, Booking for you. I'm like, oh my God, this guy is calling me direct. Yeah. Holy, of course. Saturday, Saturday, Saturday night. Saturday night, prime time. Well, I call him. It's prom season. And so this is going to be a stand-up comedy show. Oh no. On a boat. Oh no. After the prom. So I have to show up at the docks at say 
one in the morning. Yep. And I get on the boat and the boat has a DJ from one of the hottest clubs in New York. Yep. And the dance floor is packed. Oh no. And <laughs> the kids are lo- I'm guessing loving the music. Loving the music. They're getting their freak on the dance floor. Yep. Looking good, feeling good. It's a beautiful night in New York City. And then almost like it happens in the movies where the 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 record needle just skip. Yeah. Hey everybody, let's clear the dance floor. We've got some stand-up comedy. <laughs> Steve Donovan. No one knows who I am. Yep. First joke, bombs. Second joke, bombs. Yep. The setup of the third joke. Now I'm I'm wearing glasses, you can't tell. This is a yeah. podcast. And I was wearing a striped sweater. A voice in the back yells out, hey, everybody, I found Waldo, <laughs> which <laughs> killed. Everyone loved it. And then I'm stuck on the boat with these people for the next, say, two hours, <laughs> like hiding under a stairwell. It was the, without question, the worst of all time. And I'm imagining this is what, what, 20 years ago when you're in New York or whatever. Right. So there's no iPhone, so you can just bury yourself in Instagram pictures. No. You were just alone with your thoughts. And those thoughts were, I need to jump off a bridge. <laughs> or the boat. Or the boat. Just jump right. off the boat. Because I would, I would rotate my location but inevitably, some little kid would find me and be like, you're terrible. I'm like, all right, now I have to move because they're all going to come by and tell me I'm terrible. There's Waldo. Oh. It would be more fun to swim to shore in the Hudson River. Through the sewage-packed, rancid waters of the Hudson River. Then, yeah. God bless. <laughs> I found Waldo. Did you ever wear that sweater again? Burned it. BetterHelp has been a longtime sponsor of this podcast. We thank them so much for that. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. You don't even have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. If something is stressing you out, if something is preventing you from being completely happy, if you have never done therapy before, BetterHelp is for you. Completely confidential. Licensed therapists and counselors are waiting to talk to you in all 50 states. And it's much more affordable than in-person therapy. You can start talking to someone in as soon as 48 hours. So whatever it is that is eating you up, whether it's anxiety, stress, confusion, family issues, whatever you're struggling with, Talk about it. Don't leave it inside. Share it with someone who can help. Sometimes friends and family aren't the go-to people. Am I right? So unload the stressors, get some unbiased feedback, and you'll be shocked at what you can gain from it. Go to betterhelp.com slash upside. Get 10% off your first month. Once again, that's betterhelp.com slash upside. B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash upside. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring The Upside with Callie and Jeff. We talked last week on the show about how having a house that's put together and decorated can really make an impact on overall how you feel. When Jeff and I come home, we want to feel calm and at peace, and that's exactly why we picked out furniture in an aesthetic that makes us feel that way. 
Joybird offers modern, customizable furniture for every space, available in a variety of vibrant, durable fabric options. You can choose from over 18,000 customization options or browse curated collections to find the perfect piece for your one-of-a-kind style. Joybird is committed to creating quality furniture and a more sustainable future. Each piece is made with incredible care using responsibly sourced materials free of harmful chemicals. Through partnerships with group like One Tree Planted, Joybird is helping conserve and restore Earth's most precious natural resources. Joybird furniture is made with quality craft stain and scratch resistant fabrics, and limited lifetime warranty. It can handle anything your family throws at it, literally. And they stand behind their quality and craftsmanship. So if it's not everything you hoped for, you can send it back within 90 days for a refund. Create a space that brings you joy with Joybird. Visit joybird.com slash upside and get 30% off your purchase. That's 30% off at joybird.com slash upside. All right, here's what, what I want to propose. And obviously I'm biased because Callie and I have had great success in the podcasting world. Yes. And we've seen other people have great success in the podcasting world. Tip of the cap to you both. This is no joke. Thank you. So I would like to propose... Mm-hmm. A couple of podcast ideas to you okay. that I think you would be very good at. Mm. And then we'll, and then if you're, if you like them and you, you do them, then we can worry about like marketing plans and get it, you know, building up an audience and, and all of that stuff. Okay. But, uh, I, here is a belief that I have in, in a podcast, like for the type of podcast that, that I like to create. Right. You just need to have a thread that connects every show for Callie and I, right. it's the upside. It's gratitude for, uh, for my friend uh, Kramer, who started a show. He gets a bit of advice from his mom at the beginning of every show. That's a thread that connects every show. Okay. But we both talk about other things throughout the show. And I mm-hmm. think that's where you thrive. Mm-hmm. Pop ruminating on pop culture, on people, on situations, on observations, you know, life points of view, that's your, that's where you thrive. All right. Here's my idea for show number one. Okay. The thread that connects all of the shows Mm -hmm. is the number neighbor. Do you know what the number neighbor is? I do not know what the number neighbor is. All right. Here's how the show, every episode I think would start. Yeah. Could be a daily show, weekly, twice a month, doesn't matter. Right. But a listener submits themselves to you and says, I would like to start your show with the number neighbor thing. Then you have that person on because you are so good at making conversation with anyone. Oh, thank you. We went to a patio the other night and uh, our server, who was very busy, like very I, think busy. She, I think she had a ton of tables. She was doing great, yeah. but she was very busy and she was, she was taking care of us the best she could. Uh, by the end of it was trying to sell Steve a $500 hat. That's how comfortable she was with him. Her husband was in uh, the hat game Yep, and she um, left her phone with us while she did her job because she wanted to show us the hats. She wanted to show us the hats. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's just kind of, that's par for the course with you. Like she started out as a very busy server who, I mean, we even joked at the beginning that I think I ordered a margarita. I'm like, hey, can I um, order a drink? And she said, sure. And then just walked away. Like and we were like, 
Right, like you were just testing your abilities. My girlfriend and I were flying to the West Coast at one point. Yeah. She, uh, we both get up to go to the bathroom. She um, goes in first. A woman comes behind me to also use the bathroom, who's a new mom who's holding a baby. Yeah. And you can't take a baby into a bathroom. No. Airplane. So I said, you know what? I'll hold your baby if you want, and you can go in. I mean, where the hell am I going to go? I'm on a plane. Right. 30,000 feet up. Right. So she says, that would be so great if you could do that for me. That would, thank you so much. I'm like, of course. So she goes in to use the bathroom. Alyssa comes out and I'm standing there holding, holding a baby. Holding a baby. <laughs> in, the, in the course of three minutes, probably. <laughs> That's you. Yeah. So here's how the number neighbor podcast would work. All right. You would would just talk to anybody. So let's say let's say it's the server at the restaurant. Like right. she calls in, she goes, I want to do the number neighbor thing. You're like, great. Yeah. You talk to her, you find out that her name is like, you know, uh, T Tiffany and that she was born and raised in, in Baltimore and she has uh, family in Cleveland and whatever. Yeah. And you have a short conversation. Yeah. And you say to her, do you want to call your neighbor up or down? And okay. she, she picks one. Right. And then you dial her phone number and you you dial it either one number higher or one number or lower. one number lower. Yeah. And when that person answers the phone, yeah, you there's two. Th there's so much anticipation here. Right. One is it a working number. Two is the person going to answer. Three are they going to engage with you in a conversation? Mm. And every episode starts with that. I think the home runs, the gold bars, to right. use a phrase that, that we talked about earlier in the show, would be when the person actually agrees to talk to you and you get to unwind, unpack an interview with a total stranger who just- On the fly with no- On the uh, fly, no preparation, prep. nothing. Yeah. That's going to be the gold bar. So there isn't any introduction of the person who's one number away. The person answers the, the phone. Call. Person answers the phone and says hello, and you say hello. My name is Steve. Hello, and your phone number is the number neighbor of a friend of mine. Whatever I said her name was before. Yeah, Tiffany. Tiffany. I was going to say that. Baltimore that. family from Cleveland. Cleveland. Uh, your number is one digit off. My friend Tiffany's, and we just wanted to know if we could talk to you for a few minutes. Get to know Tiffany wants to get to know her number neighbor, and then this person says. What? And then you explain it again. Right. And then they go, okay, fine. What do you want? And then you just interview them. Yeah. And at the end of the call, you say, well, there you go, Tiffany. There's your number neighbor. And that's it. And the whole, the whole And they already know each other's phone numbers because they're one away. Yeah. Call yeah. Tiffany. Call yeah. Tiffany and you guys can be friends. And that's the entire show is you interviewing a total stranger, complete stranger. Here's what's good about this idea. Number one, it has an, it has alliteration that always wins. Number neighbor. Always wins. Yep. Two, people don't have as many friends as when they were kids. Right. When you were a kid, you had 75 friends at the drop of a hat. Yes, sir. Now, you don't know the people who live next door to you. Correct statement. So, uh, as the world gets crazier, you need uh, some more friends. Yes. Uh, the downside is, is that everyone is being flooded with phone calls from numbers they don't recognize. People aren't going to answer. About uh, their warranty yeah. or the Nigerian prince. Yep. Uh, so you could open yourself up to abject hostility or just nothing. But that's part of the the great anticipation at the beginning. Yeah. Will people even answer? Because who answers their phone from unknown numbers, number one? Right. Number two. I do not. Can you overcome their hostility? With right? sweet talk. Yeah. Yeah. And number three, 
are they going to be open with you? And are you going to get interesting stories? I think that, that like I said, if mm. you did it 20 times and only one person talked to you, yeah. that's great. Because what I would tell you is every other show, you have a full show planned with whatever's going on in the news that you want to, you want to espouse on, you know, yeah. like, Oh, you know, Britney Spears is conservatorship and, uh, you know, whatever else Guam, Guam and whatever else right. is going on. Right. Expensive hats. Who buys them? All that stuff. Yeah. You have that. Ready so it's to go. not dependent upon this yeah. number neighbor thing. Going on. Yeah. So if the number neighbor thing doesn't work out, you just say, okay, well, we'll try again tomorrow. In the meantime, have you seen what Britney Spears is up to? You right. Just go do a show. Okay. So that's my show idea number one. All right. Show idea number two. Because sure. I want to gauge all of them before I pick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Show idea number two. I only have two of them. Okay. So the second show idea is this. Cooking. I do a segment. I've done it for years. Yeah. Every year in November. And I'm going to explain this carefully because I know a lot of people. I do it starting around Thanksgiving. And I know a lot of people listen to this show with, with their kids. Okay. So I'm going to explain this carefully. Oh. But I have a personal relationship mm. with Santa Claus. Oh. Yep. So in the month of November, people send me emails. Right. And they say, my kid, my little kid, yeah. Junior, right. is not very well behaved. <sighs> and if he doesn't get his act together, right. I don't know how kind Santa will be to him. Well, he keeps a list. Come Christmas. Exactly. Yeah. I think he might be on the wrong list. Can you reach out to Santa and see if Santa will call him? And if Santa will have a little talk with him and yeah. say, look, you need to, you need to stop hitting your sister. Right. You need to clear your plate after dinner. Right. And when it's your turn to empty the dishwasher, you got to do it. You can't yeah. just forget because the next morning we don't have breakfast plates. Right. And then Santa calls, has that talk with the kid and says, look, if you can do these things between now and Christmas, I guarantee you, you'll be on the nice list. It's a, it's a public service for parents. It's so entertaining to listen to because the kids are adorable. Right. And it gives you a glimpse inside of Santa's world. Like Santa sometimes doesn't want milk. Behind the music. Yeah. He doesn't want milk and cookies. Right. Sometimes he wants Taco Bell. Cold cuts. Yep. At any time of day can a be A pound delicious. of turkey. Right. A pound of thin sliced turkey and a For loaf of sourdough bread. Right. Whatever. Yeah. So I will try to make those phone calls every year, help Santa make those phone calls rather every year. Right. So that kids have as much chance they can to get on the nice list. I think that if I introduced you to Santa Claus, those are calls that could be made year round. I would very much like to get him on the phone just because I have some questions about 1981. And <laughs> uh, I, I felt like I had a good year that year and didn't deserve uh, what I did get. Yeah. Are you risking cutting off a segment of the population? Your Jewish folks, your Muslim folks, your... Uh, oh, sure. Yeah. Yes. But here's the thing about podcasting. Right. Your audience is the entire world. Okay. So if you are doing something, even like think of the most, the most niche thing on the planet. Right. They, I mean, I just saw this a couple of days ago. There's a guy who does a podcast about people who believe that they have had an encounter with Sasquatch. Really? Yes. And that his entire show 
It's not like stories and rumors and the legend of Bigfoot. Right. It's, it is people who have know that they have had encounters with Sasquatch. He has a hundred thousand listeners a month. Really? So will it will a Santa Claus themed show be applicable to only a certain segment of the world's population? Yes. But that that's not going to cut into your audience at all. All right. I just didn't want to exclude anybody. Yeah. Um, I feel like here's the here's the upside to uh, borrow your term. Yep. That's a dollar, please. You're going to have fun messing with kids in terms of getting them to rat out the bad stuff that they've been up to. I, I never thought of that angle. I mean, that's good. Because the angle that that Santa traditionally takes is knowing what they've been up to. Because, but we've never been, we've never gotten access to these lists before. So we don't know the extent to which these kids are doing the bad stuff. If we can get them to rat on themselves. I, I, I can tell you that oh. my Santa Claus experience right. has never gone down that road. That adds a whole nother layer of entertainment. Right. And here's true crime is one of the most popular podcast themes. <laughs> so it's true crime, but with eight year olds. Right. Yeah. Oh. So my thought is. Yeah. You could, and I, and I think that that would be entertaining enough to listen to year round. Even atheists would be like, for, yeah. that little kid has gotten into some yeah. very entertaining trouble. Correct. So <laughs> I think that would be entertaining enough to listen to. I think you could, I think, and I think advertisers, you would get enough listeners that advertisers would support that. Right. Not only that. Like bail bondsmen, legal <laughs> yeah. people. Personal injury attorneys. One call, that's all. But I also think that for for your trouble, right, contacting Santa Claus and arranging the whole thing, right, like perhaps there could just be a cost per call. Like so, if a parent needs you to reach out for ten bucks, you'll you act as the liaison. And if you did that five times a week, that's fifty bucks a week. That's you know, yeah, a nice taste. That's groceries. Sense. Yeah, you know, until you get until you get your next gig. Right. I again, I have no gig right now. Yeah, yeah. So those are you don't have to answer now. Okay. You can. I know you got another week on the road. True. So just let them and think of other podcasting opportunities because you truly are one of the most gifted conversationalists. Wow. Yeah, I know. Wow. Thank you, Jeffrey. Without a doubt, I have never been somewhere with you where you haven't made friends out of the people who are around you. Except, well, you spilled salsa on the guy's jacket. He yes. didn't even mind. Yeah. I couldn't even believe that. I, There's no way that salsa's coming out of that jacket. No. Totally didn't mind. You've seen Jeff Ross, the Roastmaster General yeah. on Comedy Central. Yeah. He is of the opinion, and I love this mentality, everyone is three questions away from a good story. Perfect. And it's just a matter of what what questions do you ask? So the the my so the theme the thread the I've used that word a lot yeah but the connecting the commonality rather right. between the two shows that I propose for you right are conversations with people you don't know, which is fun right I mean but that's the, fun to do but that that is what that is tapping in to your what I think Mantra. is your, your gift of yeah. being such a great conversationalist and a great, and a, you're fantastic at just pulling stories out of people. <laughs> great stories. I appreciate that. So I appreciate that. 
Uh, so anyways, marinate on those. Okay. Think along those lines. Okay. If you have anything along those lines. Right. Uh, because I would be happy to facilitate the creation of that for you. And, Whether- and you have an established record of uh, creating success in the podcast game. If I help you create a show and it's not successful. Right. Our friendship ends. Oh, that kicks up the the interest of the because because the show would just have to go away and would just have to be erased from history. Right. Because right now my track record, hundred (laughs) percent, and and your friendship is not worth hurting my ego. I could besmirch that. Yeah. With a failure, I think that's fair. I think that's more than fair. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Thank you for listening to The Upside with Callie and Jeff. Today's episode was brought to you by Dinner Affair, the official meal kit for families. Visit dinneraffair.com slash upside for your exclusive discount. 